might just see how far the Scottish Hammer can drill this <laughs> thing. Right. Inside the 10-yard line. Inside the 10, baby. We've seen, you know, them on tape, and you can see some of the same things that they did at, uh, you know, the Cliff has done before. But you've seen some of that throughout the NFL, even previously. I can't speak for what they're trying to accomplish, really, offensively. And um, so I just know that, you know, we're anticipating uh, that we're going to have to play well. And, and they've done some really good things on offense. And, and lately, I, I think turnovers has kind of cost them a little bit. But, uh, but they've shown flashes of, you know, being able to move the football and score. Talking Cleveland Browns football with the best fans in all of SB Nation. Now, here's your host, my dad, Delonious Seven. Sunday Morning Post. A very merry football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Delonious Seven. And this is a Sunday Morning Post, which is getting you ready for a Cleveland Browns game day. Ahead on the Sunday Morning Post, we are joined by a special guest to help us kick off our tailgate. We'll also focus on five games of importance to the last gasp playoff chances that remain for your Cleveland Browns. And then we will briefly look at the matchups and make a prediction for the Sunday's contest in Arizona at Indemnity Field between your Cleveland Browns and the team formerly known as the St. Louis Cardinals. But before we get into that, we have a special guest to help us get ready for this Sunday's contest between the Arizona Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns. We've welcomed Big Town Brown himself, formerly of the 10 and 6 podcast. Bro, it's been a long time coming. Glad to finally have you aboard. Hey, buddy, thanks for having me in studio on the Straight No Chaser podcast. Yeah, some of you may or may not know, um, the Absolute 10 and 6 podcast is not no longer going to be in existence. We decided to step away from that podcast. Um, looking forward to next season and next year. We get into some fun new things. Uh, going to roll out a fantasy football podcast uh, and also continue with a all-rounds podcast as well. So probably a double podcast in my near future for the next season. Really looking forward to the Fantasy Football Podcast. I put a lot of time and effort this season to hone my skills. Unfortunately, I got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs in my money league. Not too excited about that. Got divulged in a lot of injuries. Uh, a couple bad decisions here and there. Uh, you know, we won't get into it. Let's get into this show. Bro, it's great to have you back. So let's get into it. At 6-7, and seven, the Browns have had an underwhelming season to say the least. How far away are these results from your pre or early season expectations after a 2 and 6 start? And do you think there's a possibility for this team to end up at 500 or even above that? Yeah, at 6 and 7, the Browns have been definitely underwhelming, um, definitely underperforming. Uh, definitely not what I expected to be sitting at at this point in the season. I was hopeful we'd be sitting at 10 and 4, but you know, such as football, you still got to go out and you got to play the games, and that's not where we're at. We're sitting at 6 and 7 right now. And looking back on it, you know, I had the I had the Browns projected at a 13 and 3 season, but you know, from where we we're at of 2 and 6 at the start of the season, you know, to come back to 6 and 7, I mean, hell, we're you know, we're doing pretty good. We're rolling right now. We've won four of the last five. I've always appreciated your optimism, BTB. Let's see what you have to say about this next question. 
Baker Mayfield was ranked as the 33rd best quarterback in terms of QBR. This seems bizarre after setting the rookie touchdown record. Why do you think Baker has struggled and how concerned should the Browns fans be about his play? Wow, the 33rd best QBR. You know, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. And yeah, it's totally bizarre after we saw his rookie season. But, you know, you take into consideration sophomore slump, injuries to the O-line, the O-line not playing up to expectations. Well, I can't, I can't really say up to expectations because nobody really thought, well, outside of my little uh, my little head, that uh, the, the O-line would be anything major. I mean, we traded away a key player in offensive line for an Odell Beckham. We did have injuries. We're rotating guys in and out of left tackle all season long. But, you know, I don't think anybody should be concerned. I think we are where we where we should be, given the shit luck we've had. And look, Baker's played good. Baker's had some really good games. It was really nice to see a good outing against the Patriots. Um, he had a really, really good outing to start the game against the Rams. He's had a good outing against the Ravens, uh, against the 49ers. He kind of played like crap. He played okay against the Bills. The first game against the Steelers, he played okay. He played really, really well, putting up 41 points. Well, the team in whole put up 41 points against the Dolphins. But the last game against the Steelers, he kind of laid an egg. Against the 49ers, he laid an egg. Against the, well, everybody knows what happened against the Titans week one. Who 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 projected that? I mean, who projected that? You, you take everything built up with the offseason and you go out there and lay a goose egg. That just goes to show you, you still have to play these games in the NFL. You still have to play them. Nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. But, you know, with that said, I don't think anybody should really have any cause for concern. You know, good players have sophomore slumps. It sometimes takes guys years to come around. I mean, look at um, look at Phillip Rivers. He didn't come out and light the world on fire right away. Uh, Brady didn't really light the world on fire right away. It takes time. I mean, developing players takes time. I think Baker will get there. Baker will get to where his ceiling should be in the near future. And, you know, it may take him a third year into his fourth year. But Baker will be just fine. I'm not worried about Baker whatsoever. I'm not sure if Tom Brady's the best comparison, but you could say the same thing about Drew Brees and his development track. But shifting gears, I wanted to get your opinion about some recent media trends that I've been noticing. In the last uh, few days, several members of the checkmark media have indicated that fans are blaming media, especially the Cleveland media, for the Brown struggles. Have you heard any of this talk? Do you sense a growing whiff between fans and the Cleveland media? Well, the blue check marks on Twitter. The most toxic people in the face of the world is people with verified accounts on Twitter that talk about the Browns. And I'll go on to say this. I'm glad Mary Kay blocked me. Screw her. She's toxic. I'm glad Grossy blocked me. Now, Grossy, for some reason, did unblock me lately. I think he went on a spree of unblocking people that he had previously blocked just to kind of get his clicks back. I don't think that um, he's one person to really, you know, just to kind of get his clicks back. So I think he went on a spree of unblocking people. That way he can go back through and kind of block people and get pissed off again at people. I mean, the Cleveland media is the most toxic media across all sports. And I may just be saying this just because, you know, I pay attention to Cleveland media more than any other media across sports. But, you know, that's one of the reasons, like, I don't follow a lot of a lot of people on Twitter. I mean, I, I keep that negativity out. You know, I, I follow who I follow and... 
I get insight from people that are actually verified to give insight, not just verified to write articles, get clicks, and keep retweeting their articles for their, you know, their own self-gain. But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of leave that one at that. I mean, these people still have to get paid. They have to get their clicks. I mean, Cleveland football has been a laughingstock of the league for so long. They are so used to writing negatively about the Browns. I think it's easy for them to do. You know, you look at a bunch of uh, so-called quote-unquote fans across social media, and that's all they do is talk negativity. Uh, that Freddie this, Freddie that. They like the negativity, and that's what those you know, verified media accounts attract. And there's tons of them out there, don't get me wrong. I was surprised to hear several media members say things like fans were blaming the media for the Browns' failure, which is patently absurd to me. I'm not sure how there can be any rift at all between the media and fans because fans are the main consumers of what the media is generating. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, on to the next topic. Have you begun to sour on Odell Beckham Jr.? What do you think about the antics, fines, and distractions surrounding him this season? And could you imagine moving him in the offseason? No, I don't think I'd become sour on OBJ. I think OBJ's doing just fine. He's keeping his head low, staying out of his own way, so to say. Uh, I don't think that he has said anything or done anything negative uh, towards the organization. The only thing negative about him and about you know t- him towards the organization is what the media is making it out to be. And them fines that he's racking up, and the you know you know them distractions, as people would say. I don't think that you know. That, that's the type of player he has always been. He has always been a diva player. Uh, if you didn't know that before the Browns got him, you obviously don't know who OBJ is. Uh, but, you know, he's came in here and he's came in here as a team player. You know, he's said nothing negative about the team. I don't see any tirades, any outbursts from him that would say he's, you know, a selfish player. I mean, he's a, he's a team player. Now, he hasn't been doing very good on the team. Uh, but you know that that goes in the goes in part two. You know Baker Mayfield is not the type of quarterback that's going to be a one wide receiver quarterback. He's just not. And I think any talk of moving on from OBJ in the offseason is kind of nuts. I don't see why. I mean he's already got money. He's already under contract. Why why would we want to move this guy? He's given us no reason to move him. The only people talking about moving OBJ is the toxic media and fans, quote unquote fans are buying into it left and right. So yeah, that's where I stand on that. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. You pretty much summed up my opinion about this position as well. So let's get to the last question I wanted to ask you, and that's to see if you have any optimism about the Browns and their playoff chances. Uh, Excited about the playoffs. Of course I'm excited about the playoffs. I'd be more excited if the Browns were in a more prime position to get to the playoffs and they currently are at this point you know there is some help that the browns need right now according to barry shook over at dogs by nature and hey let me let me just pause for a second take time to uh recognize our great community of dogs by nature uh you know me being a diehard contributor over there and a diehard dogs by nature in is that what is that what you call us a dogs by nature in <laughs> i'm not too sure but uh it's a great community guys if you don't follow dogs by nature they can be found on twitter of course at dogs by nature uh you can also visit their website dogsbynature.com all you need to follow along with them is simply the internet if you want to get involved in some of the comments you of course do need to sign up for a uh, sb nation account it's free all you need is the email address to do that so yeah go give uh, dogs by nature a follow check out the articles over there such a great community you know so anyway getting back to the playoffs yeah that you know the browns need some help of course they must win out 
Um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna need the Titans to win the AFC South, which is doable. The Texans, they gotta lose two of the last three games, which is doable. The Steelers, they gotta lose two of the last three games, which you know they take on the Bills. Um, hopefully, the Bills can pull off the win against the Steelers. And of course, they play Baltimore last game of the season. Now, you know, Baltimore could, of course, rest some of their stars last game. I don't think they will. I mean. Uh, Baltimore is not the type of team that's just going to hand the the Steelers a win, uh, win there. And, you know, like I said, the, the Browns are going to need the win out. There's a couple other scenarios there that can fall in place. But, you know, that's the that's the road. That's the road to the playoffs right there. It's it's not too far-fetched. Uh, but, yeah, it is kind of a stretch. It can happen, but also can't happen. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have to go to Arizona and play the Cardinals this week. And, you know, like I said earlier, any given Sunday – any team can win. I mean, anything is possible. You still have to play these games. Nothing is guaranteed. I appreciate the optimism, but that Yin's comment, notwithstanding, that sounds like something somebody says from Northeast West Virginia. It just heads up, man. Well, anyways, like I said, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you have any parting words for us, Big Town Brown? Hey, buddy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. I will come back anytime you need me to great great show you have here i love how you enter you know introduce your family to the show you put your music into it uh guys if you're not following this cat on twitter of course do his name is wait is it thelonious thelonious um how do you pronounce that there anyway it's at t-h-e-l-o-n-i-u-s-7 on twitter of course you can always follow me on twitter i am at big town underscore brown and like i said you know give give dogs by nature a follow too <laughs> yeah that's at thelonious 72 on twitter if you want to give us a follow there yeah thanks again for coming on the show my friend thanks again for having me on and of course <laughs> pittsburgh <laughs> uh, i guess it's time for us to take a quick break you're listening to the sunday morning post on dogs by nature radio It's time for the Focus on Five. Every week we look at five games of import to the Cleveland Browns and their playoff aspirations. The first game in our focus takes us to Northern Kentucky, where at 1 o'clock p.m., the Pillagers from Plymouth will take on the Bengals. For the Patriots to have any chance of getting a one seed, they will have to win out. And this, of course, starts in Southwest Indiana. Let's hear what Bill Belichick has to say ahead of this contest. I've, you know, spent the last couple of days here, um, in a few days, getting familiar with the Bengals, and um, you know, first of all, let's say you know I have a great, great deal of respect for uh, you know Mike Brown, the Brown family, and uh, the Bengals organization always have, um, and you know, I think there's um, uh, you know this is a football team that you know doesn't have a good record, but they actually do a lot of things really well um, in all three phases of the game. Uh, been very, you know, impressed watching them play, and um, you know, they, they cause a lot of problems. Um, special teams, you know, I think Darren does a great job with that unit. Um, as usual, they're right at the top of the league in both punt and kickoff coverage, kickoff returns. Um, they're really solid, solid group, well coached, fundamentally very good, and. Um, you know, make it tough on you there. Uh, you know, defensively, very disruptive front. Um, you know, Hubbard and Dunlap outside, Atkins inside. 
uh, one of the uh, so one of the better, more disruptive groups um, you know we faced, and we faced some good ones here um, over the course of the season. So you know they present a lot of problems there. It's a very aggressive defense, and um, you know, really make you work for work for the yards. And uh, you know offensively, very good skill group. Um, obviously, the quarterback Dalton's you know very experienced guys. That led this team to a lot of a lot of victories, a lot of comeback victories. Um, you know, excellent quarterback, good backs, um, guys that are different. You know, Mixon and and uh, Bernard, but both outstanding players. Um, make a lot of yards on their own. Both good in the passing game. Both good in the running game. Bill, of course, not taking any chances with the Bengals, as he has obviously kept a close eye on them with the rest of America, right? The pillagers from Plymouth, thanks to LJAX, have almost no chance at the driver's seat. But they can still call shotgun and take home a first round bye. The Pats are a 10 point road favorite. I say they cover that all day. Although this is a trap game. And I, I think that Bill just needs to change the narrative that seems to be swirling around his franchise as of late. He's going to take the chance to do this. And he obviously isn't overlooking the Bengals in this contest. Now, game two is a good one. The Broncos bring a 5-8 record into Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, of course, would like to have that shotgun seat as well with the first round bye. They're sitting at 9-4 in this contest. And they're a 10-point home favorite against the Broncos. However, as of late, young quarterback Drew Locke has been amazing for the Broncos. And with that outstanding defense, you never know what could happen in a contest like this. Let's hear what Drew Locke has to say ahead of this contest. Drew, how do you maintain perspective heading back to Kansas City, or are we all making too much of that? Oh, I think... Um, we'll all make a little too much of it. Um, it's just another football game. Got to prep like I did the first two weeks and just be ready to go. How do you simplify it? Do you turn the phone off? Do you have parents deal with tickets? Like, how do you deal with going back home when everyone knows who you are? Yeah, well, my mom has handled the tickets from the beginning so that I can kind of avoid that whole hassle. Um, I mean, yeah, you can turn the phone off. You can do whatever. But, um, you know, the, the people... You know, that know you, that you trust, your family, your close friends. They know not to blow you up about coming home, ask you for tickets, ask you for this, ask you for that. They know you have some, something going on, that you got a game to play, and that you need to stay focused for that. When you talk to your uh, high school buddies, what do they say about Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> you know, when I was a senior in college, that was that year that he went. I mean, I mean when I was a senior in college, that was last year. Um, sorry, <laughs> last year when he was the MVP. Um, you know, I was at home and got to got to hear you know all about all about Patrick and how well he did, and rightfully so. He had one heck of a heck of a year, and they were playing some really good football. So, you know, my my friends definitely think he's a very very good quarterback. Locke sounding like he's barely out of the clutches of adolescence. Man. And this guy's got to go into his hometown to kneecap the quarterback who is beloved by all of his best friends. Awesome, right?
Well, I think that Locke is going to have a better chance than most give him. I don't see him upsetting uh, Mahomes on the road in this one. But I do think he does cover that spread. We'll see what happens in this early contest. Game 3 in our focus is where the fun really starts. That is going to be the Titans and the Texans finally meeting each other in a game that should be the first salvo in a two-game series to decide the AFC South. The Texans are a three-point road dog in this contest. Let's hear what Coach Vrabel and Bill O'Brien have to say ahead of this crucial conflict. Um, hey, Buck, before we start, sorry for your loss, man. I saw that last night. I apologize. Appreciate you, appreciate you covering us and appreciate what you do for our community. So. I had to hit the pause button on this one for a second because... I am honestly shocked at the level of discourse in which I just heard. The amount of cordiality. I mean, Mike Vrabel doesn't sound sarcastic at all when he calls the media member by their first name. When the discourse sounds like this, it's easy to cheer for everybody who's involved. And I hope that at some point Cleveland's media scene will return to a, a level of, of cordiality like what I'm hearing in this one. Sorry for that interruption. Here's the rest of that press conference. Teresa? Mike, four straight wins. How much more room is there for improvement out of this team? Oh, there's always room. I mean, there's always room for improvement, um, coaching, uh, playing, you know, preparing the team and then the team being prepared. Um, you know, that's, that's what we do. We have to coach uh, the actions um, and not the result. You know, may have been a, um, you know, 91 yard touchdown play but you know our quarterback got hit you know so we have to be able to you know try to fix and clean the middle of the pocket up so that that doesn't happen or um you know something on defense we might have um gotten off the field on third down but there was a guy open or you know that we the quarterback scrambled and threw the ball away but but there was a guy open down the field that we have to just get cleaned up and i'm just trying to use some examples of things that um off the top of my head uh, we can continue to coach how nice is it after the two and four start to, to put this team in position that now have a chance with two games against the Texans in the final three weeks to play for the division? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we all realize what the what the schedule holds um, in front of us. Um, but going back to, I guess your point about two and four, I think the message at that point in time was, hey, we, we are in a uh, we're in a tough spot. Um, it's not an impossible spot, but we have to start doing some things to get ourselves. Um, back in position uh, to have a chance. And, you know, I remembered kind of just going through with the team of, of when you get to that halfway point that, you know, teams historically take, you know, one of two paths. They either continue or they somewhat digress. And there was examples that I tried to show them from last year of teams that, um, you know, maybe were, were six and two that ended up, you know, seven and nine. Uh, or teams that were, you know, five and two that ended up, you know, 11 and five and, and continue to win and 12 and four. So um, it's been good to be able to, to put ourselves in a position and then now to to focus and concentrate on on the te on the Houston Texans. Do we even need to hear from Bill O'Brien before we pick this game? Uh, let's 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 see. Let's see. He's, he's a good football coach. You know, he knows football. He understands football. He's doing a real good job. Even Bill O'Brien agrees with me about Mike Vrabel on this one. 
going with the Titans in this contest, covering the spread, and I'm going with the Titans to take a stranglehold on the AFC South. I think they're going to take this division. I hope they do at least. But no, I, I actually am picking them to win this one outright. And that takes us to game four on our focus on five. For this game, we will travel to Northeast West Virginia, where at Ketchup Field, the Steelers are taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers are a one-point favorite at their house, even though they start a quarterback whose bird-like name typifies the trajectory of his passes. Let's hear from Coach Tomlin ahead of this contest. We're really excited about being in a five-star matchup, man, a game that gets flexed, and we respect that, and uh, we're humbled to be a, be a part of it. Uh, we look forward to, to seeing Steeler Nation out there at Heinz Field. That's just enough audio to know that Coach Tomlin is juiced for this one coming up. Let's hear what Sean McDermott has to say about his squad and the challenges that they face. Yeah, they've got a lot of, I mean, they've got a good roster of talent. Let's start there, right? I mean, high draft picks across the defensive line, um, good secondary play, good linebacker play. Um, that's a part of also Mike being there a long time. You know, they've been able, he and Kevin, to build it uh, the right way and uh, add the type of players that they like, that they want. And uh, and it's shown, you know, when you look at uh, what Dupree and uh, Hayward and then you look at TJ and um, along with now Devin in the middle, um, what they've added around those pieces and then the secondary play as well. The fact they've been able to play at the level they have, given what they've had to endure at quarterback, <laughs> I think it comes down to uh, to Mike, you know, and his leadership. Again, they, when you have an established culture because you've been there for a number of years, um, that helps you navigate those um, the adversity that comes every year in different forms. In this case, it was it's been with their quarterback position. Coach McDermott sounds like she's resigned to the fact of what's coming for him this evening. We're gonna have to see if he can find a way to win this one. I'm pulling for our brothers from East Erie to pull through for this one. But I can't pick them to win. I think the Steelers are going to get this one done, unfortunately. Um, Please help us, Josh Allen. You're one of our only hopes. Okay, with that, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. We'll be right back. Your final game for the focus on five, of course, is the Arizona Cardinals against your Cleveland Browns. The Arizona Cardinals come into this contest as a two and a half point underdog to the Cleveland Browns. This contest features back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, both from Oklahoma University. Let's see what Kyler Murray has to say as he approaches this Sunday afternoon showdown. Uh... I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, so uh, looking forward to that. But at the same time, uh, just being able to, you know, it's kind of special just being able to, you know, be on the same field, opposing teams, and just uh, play against him is obviously uh, special. You two obviously became close with it. Did you know him before Oklahoma, and how did that kind of relationship develop? Nah, I, uh, I met him 
My first time meeting him was when I transferred to OU. Uh, you know, he messaged me when he found out uh, I was coming to OU. You know, they were, I think it was shortly after they played, they lost to Clemson in the playoffs. So uh, he hit me up shortly after that. And, you know, ever since, I mean, we were with each other for like three years. So, Did you guys connect immediately? Yeah, yeah, when I got there. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he was really welcoming. And then, you know, ever since, we just kind of been boys since. Well, he said today about... Uh, it's important for bragging rights between the two of you. Do you agree with that? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Any side bets on this one? No, no side bets. No side bets. Why do you think you two you know, become so close? So uh, I think just the, you know, him from him being from Texas, you know, just kind of. Uh, both understand the background and you know what what we stand for uh you know the competitiveness uh just you know obviously when you're with somebody you know as many days that we were with each other it's you know you just kind of get close with each other so i think that's just what happened what do you, you guys believe. personality wise seem very different you know especially the way maybe or are you different? Um, Did you learn anything from him in the years? I learned what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Really, Kyler Murray? <laughs> really? Oh, man. Normally, I would be a little more juiced about a game like this. I can't get that excited. I can't get that up for it. <laughs> Let's see what Baker Mayfield has to say about the various narratives surrounding shade in this contest. Hey, Baker, we were just talking to uh, Coach Kingsbury. You, said, you guys are in a good place. Mm -hmm. You kind of worked through whatever differences you had. How, how do you feel your relationship is with Coach uh, I mean, it was a long time ago, and we've we've talked since. I've played against him a few times since, and so, I mean, it's exactly that. We're in a good place. Obviously, he's trying to beat me this week. I'm trying to beat him. Uh, I mean, on top of that, and Kyler being involved, it makes for a, a, a fun one for us. I'm going to ask you that. I know it's a business trip, and, and you don't go head-to-head -head with him, but can part of you enjoy this, the fact that you guys are in the same game? Yeah, I, I think any time you see a familiar face, Within competition, it makes it, uh, you know, something you want to strive to have a little bit of bragging rights over. Uh, something, you know, just to enjoy it, have more fun. Was it simply the passage of time that helped you guys get to a good place, or did he kind of help that out? Yeah, passage of time, conversation. I think all of the above. Uh, it's in the past. I mean, uh, what happened happened, and we move forward. Let's reset the themes for this contest. Of course, there's the theme of Cliff Kingsbury coming back into town after he had coached Baker at Texas Tech. He, of course, brings in Kyler Murray to be his quarterback as the first-round pick in this last year's draft. Kyler Murray Mayfield's understudy at OU, of course. Additionally, that rabid Browns killer Terrell Suggs was just released before this game. Let's hope he doesn't find his way back to the greater Chesapeake region. Now, moving on to the injury reports, the Browns come into this one fairly healthy for the most part. They uh, have J.C. Treader and additionally Chris Hubbard listed as questionable for this contest. Now, the Cardinals have a little bit worse situation in terms of the injury uh, spot. They have uh, five players listed as questionable for this game. I mean, four players, excuse me. Joe Walker, Calvin Peterson, Kevin Peterson, Andy Isabella, our buddy from Cleveland, and Justin Pugh. 
And on paper, the matchups look like Murray's up-tempo offense would be matched up against all the playmaking talent that Cleveland has on offense. Both defenses look a bit light, but the Browns have struggled all year traveling out west and they are decimated on that defensive line. You would assume that the Browns offense, even with that, should have a theoretical advantage. I guess I will believe it when I see it. They are a two and a half point favorite in this one and I'm going to go ahead and select the Cleveland Browns to win this one outright and against the spread as well. I just don't think that the defense of the Cardinals is going to be enough to keep Baker Mayfield and friends from having a very, very big day. And hopefully we'll be able to keep on keeping on with the discussion about the playoffs, even going into our huge matchup with those crab cakes coming into Cleveland. Okay, with that, we'll put this episode in the books. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to make Dogs by Nature a part of your day. Well, you've been listening to Sunday Morning Post. I'm your host, Alonia7 on Dogs by Nature. Take care. Go Browns and Dog Jack.